Good afternoon. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and um, I'm thinking about giving Rogue Radio a makeover. What do you think? I would like to start making new covers for all of the um, main um, segments. Um, the main logo for Rogue Radio will be changed. The um, Rogue News one will be changed, probably, and maybe it's time to talk about it. All the other ones will be fine. Um, those are the only three that I probably have problems with at the moment. Um, just to kind of change things up and make things a little bit more interesting. Um, I am trying to get up to a hundred episodes um, in order to, you know, kind of make it feel complete for you guys for season two. Um, and then by the time I reach season three, everything will probably be more polished and um, more up to date and more interesting to look at. Um, so, yeah. I did... Uh, send out a poll for all of the renegades out there on Instagram asking what name I should change the conspiracy theories um, segment to instead of con conspiracy like hey see do you see I don't think a lot of people will understand that pun maybe it's just too cheesy so um, there were two options and it was do you see it yet or down the rabbit hole and um, the results are in and you guys liked the rabbit hole so there you go it's gonna be called down the rabbit hole yay <laughs> if you have any comments questions or concerns links and how to reach me Instagram email all of that lovely stuff will be down in the description below on every podcast thank you very much for listening today is rogue news I do apologize for not uploading as much. I might just do it once a week just to, you know, get something out there for you guys to listen to. Um, I'm not sure what day it will be, but I will try very, very hard for you guys. Um, I know you guys are very patient with me, and I'm very, very thankful for that, too. So, um, the one uh, segment that I am very focused on that I want to uh, get more episodes out on is down the rabbit hole because I love conspiracy theories, I love researching them, I love learning about them, so um, when I have free time I usually take notes and um, kind of prepare the whole episode for you guys because I have one more um, in the process that I want to kind of bring out to the podcast for you guys to listen to. So. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for being so patient. And thank you to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is listening. Thank you for being a renegade. We welcome you into the renegade family. Thank you very much. I am also trying out new sound effects, so let me know if they're annoying, um, and I'll stop just trying to improve Rogue Radio. Thank you very much. most of you know, Rogue News consists of three different sections, politics, weird news, and world news. And uh, for those of you who don't know, there you go, there's the information. <laughs> Alright, let's go. It wouldn't be politics 
if we didn't talk about pedo Joe Biden. So, Joe Biden begs OPEC, or O-P-E-C, the um, Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, to boost oil output after hurting the U.S. oil sector. So basically what he's doing is like, okay, let's just mess up our oil industry, inflate the prices on oil and fuel and all of that stuff, and then I'm going to go ask Russia for more. That makes sense. Joe Biden has asked the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, I'm going to say OPEC just because it's easier, um, and Russia to increase oil production after decimating the U.S. energy industry and sparking massive inflation. On Wednesday, Biden addressed OPEC and asked its members to boost output by 400,000 more barrels per day in order to lower fuel prices in the U.S. and help combat runway runaway inflation. You're the one who created inflation in the first place. Are you trying to cover your butt or are you that stupid? We had awesome fuel prices. We had awesome an awesome fuel industry when Trump was in office. And you decided to just obliterate all of that because it wasn't your idea. Earlier this year, Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and ban drilling on federal lands. As a result, U.S. gas prices surged 42% and overall energy costs rose 24%. This ultimately lifted the costs of logistics, food, and consumer goods. So, for him canceling that pipeline, he rose all the prices himself. Now it's more expensive to live for people in America. Good job, Biden. Good job. Good job. You... Yeah. Stupid. Okay. Javier Blas says, full statement, the White House urges OPEC in, um, to pump more oil above and beyond the current 400,000 barrels a day monthly hikes the cartel um, as al is already implementing. So, um, there's a article that I kind of want to read, so I think this is like a document that was uh, sent out that they took a picture of about the whole thing. So it says, the White House Washington, <laughs> why does that look so, it doesn't look, I'm going to save it, let me save this. It just doesn't look like an official article to me. Why does it just say the White House Washington? Why doesn't... I don't know. Is that how they do it? It just doesn't look right to me. But Statement by National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on the need for reliable and stable goal energy markets. Higher gas line costs, if left unchecked, uh, risk the ongoing global, global recovery. Um, the price of crude oil has been higher than it was in the end of 2019. No, it wasn't, but okay. Uh, before the onset of the pandemic. While OPEC and um, recently agreed to um, agreed to production increases, these increases will not fully offset previous production cuts that OPC 
OPEC, OPEC, whatever, um, imposed during the pandemic until well into 2022. Uh, at a critical moment in the global recovery, this is simply not enough. President Biden has made clear that he wants Americans to have access to affordable and reliable energy. Then why did you cancel the pipeline that Trump set up? Gas prices were cheaper. Fuel prices, oil prices were cheaper. Uh, including at the pump. Yay. Um, although we are not a party to OPEC, the United States will always speak international partners speak to international partners regarding issues of significance that affect our na national economic and security affairs in public and in private. We are engaging with uh, relevant OPEC members on the importance of competitive markets, setting prices, competitive energy and markets will ensure reliable and, and stable energy supplies, and OPEC must do more to support the recovery. You could have just kept the pipeline, but okay. I feel like Biden is that little kid. He's like that outcast in high school, and he sees Trump as like the big popular kid, right? He's very jealous of him. This is how I see it. When I kind of just like dumb situations down because that's just how I see it. <laughs> it's just an analogy, guys, okay? Basically, I see Joe Biden as this outcast kid, right? He wants so much to be popular and then he sees Trump and, and he's just like the most popular rich kid, right? And he has all these good ideas, but the minute he becomes president or class president in this analogy. He decides to wreck all of the ideas that I, uh, Trump has just previously set up because he's jealous at the fact that that was not his idea. That's how I see it. But um, I could be wrong, but yeah, you know. Experts said Biden's latest action greatly benefits other countries, including Russia, which is now able to boost oil exports and rake tens and billions of dollars in, in additional cash revenue. I don't know. Why didn't you just keep the pipeline, though? That's the thing. We interrupt this podcast to give you news from the Red Kingdom, from the Red King himself, Donald Trump. He endorses Derek Van Orden for Congress. President Trump officially threw his support behind Wisconsin congressional candidate Derek Van Orden in statement on Thursday. Trump announced his endorsement of the retired Navy SEAL senior chief. He called Van Orden a strong supporter of the military and law enforcement. Trump also added Van Orden. Hang on. Van Orden will always fight for secure borders, the Second Amendment, and the nation's incredible farmers. Amen to that.
Um, Van Orden is seeking to flip Wisconsin's third congressional district held by the Democratic rep, Ron Kind, since 1997. However, Kind announced um, his retirement this week, confirming he will not be running for a 14th term in 2022. President Trump announces his endorsement of Derek Van Orden. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And I like the little picture that they have. It says, Save America, President Donald J. Trump. This was on August 12th. It's, this it happened yesterday. All of this was happening. It was brought out yesterday. Derek Van Orden is running for Congress in Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District. Derek is a former Navy SEAL senior chief who bravely served and defended our country. He strongly supports our military veterans, law enforcement, and he will always fight for secure borders in the Second Amendment and our incredible farmers. Derek has my complete and total endorsement. This is from Donald J. Trump. I love that. Now we go back to our regular scheduled podcast. Now I've heard this name thrown around, Chris Cuomo. I don't know what he did, but I'm going to have to figure this out because Cuomo... And a few other names have been dropped in the news lately, and I want to be able to be fully, like, educated on this person. So, um, we'll see what all of this is about, because this is about, um, NYC mayoral candidate Curtis Sliwa Sliwa calls for CNN to fire Chris Cuomo. So, New York City mayoral candidate Curtis Sliwa, Sliwa, Slawa, I don't know what his last name is. He's a Republican, though. <laughs> Has demanded CNN to fire Chris Cuomo following the uh, resignation of his brother, Governor um, Andrew Cuomo, a uh, Democrat in New York. The Republican nominee uh, took to CNN's New York City headquarters to deliver a letter to the network's president, Jeff Zucker, um, demanding his uh, evening talk show host be fired. Okay, so he is um, a talk show host. Sliwa, Sliwa, I don't know, um, said the New York Attorney General's report um, implicates Chris at as aiding and abetting his brother in crafting his responses to sexual harassment allegations. Okay, okay. Um, Sliwa also said the Attorney General's report showed Chris uh, was given access to confidential documents of the victim's claims. Chris Cuomo is as culpable as Andrew Cuomo and and must be fired, said Sliwa. Sliwa, Sliwa, Jojo Siwa, I don't know. (laughs) Um, The mayoral candidate said he doubts Chris asked... Give me a minute. The mayoral candidate said he doubts Chris asked Zucker for permission to give this type of advice to his brother, additionally stating that the network has not publicly disclosed 
disciplined him. Disciplined. That's the word. Disciplined. <laughs> um, Chris is reportedly on what's being labeled as a long-planned vacation. Um, so he's on a long-planned vacation. However, upon his return, Sliwa said he hopes Sucker will consider his release from the network. I'm still trying to find that in-your-face, like, just odd, out-of-the-ordinary news, but we'll keep looking. Okay, here's one. <laughs> Young boys drawing of the Olympic Games banned by Facebook for being too rude. I mean, what is it even? It's just a kid's drawing. You guys are picking on a kid? Get a life. A young boy's drawing of the Olympic Games was banned on Facebook when administers determined that the sketch was too rude to share. Carter Jones loved watching the gymnastics, um, judo, and diving on the telly, on the television. This is the mirror. This is from the mirror. Um, with his parents, Nicole and Sam. Um, and soon he was sketching out his favorite scenes. Um, the young boy innocently drew a man jumping over a pommel horse, but the two parents thought it looked rather like something much more rude. It, it looks like a penis, but it, he's a kid. Who cares? Um, Nicole, 36, um, uploaded the drawing on Facebook to share it with her friends, but then, to her surprise, it was removed by Facebook because it was too X-rated. The drawing seemed too rude for Facebook. What do you think about Carter? I know you guys can't see it. I kind of feel like if... I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna take a screenshot. Watch. Maybe it'll get banned on Instagram. I don't know. My thoughts is like, if it's a kid's drawing, of course the kid doesn't actually mean to... draw a penis. I mean... Usually kids who want to try to draw something, it does end up looking like that. It, I don't know. Facebook bans a whole lot of dumb stuff and I don't understand. I don't. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, I think that this isn't as bad as, or weird as I think it should be, but um, I think a lot of households go through this, especially if you have a really young nanny that looks pretty. I don't know, but it just says, Father of two, blast for red flag actions as he dances with a 23-year-old nanny. I don't know. A woman uploaded a video of her husband dancing with her nanny, which uh, she thought was harmless, but the internet told her to watch out and said that his behavior was a massive red flag. Uh, yeah, no, I see the pictures now. <laughs> anyway, um, a father of two has been blasted online after his wife uploaded a video of him dancing with their 23-year-old nanny. Uh with many people saying his behavior was a red flag. 
TikTok user Rachel uploaded the video which he thought was which she thought was harmless but many of the 17,300 commenters thought differently and told the woman she should be suspicious of her husband um, whose name is Andrew. Um, many thought that the dancing was was inappropriate and others were concerned with how comfortable the man was with the young woman named Lizzie. Um, suggesting something else must be going on. But despite the comments, the woman seemed unconcerned and soon added, We're flattered by the interest, guys. Most of you are out of your minds, but we're flattered. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... I think there's just like a certain etiquette that you should have towards someone that works for you in your own house. I, I don't think that you should be picking up this girl up in the air and all of that stuff. Like, there's pictures of him, like, picking her up and, you know, I don't even know. I just, that just not, it's not something that I would allow. It's not something that I would let happen, you know? So... Yeah, no, no, no. I it's a, there's something to me. There, there would. It looks. It doesn't look right, of course, because he's probably older. He looks older, and he's picking up this 23 year old girl like nothing. It just doesn't look right to me. But I mean, if they're comfortable with it, with it, I don't. I don't know what to say. You know, like me, I have morals. I just. I would never allow that to happen. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very protective over my spouse, so I, I wouldn't ever let this happen. <laughs> but, um, then again, they may know her ever since, you know, childhood or something like that. So maybe she is part of the family, but they just pay her. Who knows? You know, it just depends on how familiar they are and how harmless it is really is, because not everybody online will um, actually know the truth about things, but in my opinion, yes, it does look wrong. Okay, I just saw the TikTok. It just looks really cute and funny. I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, I can understand, like, yeah, she's wearing short shorts and stuff like that, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still wouldn't allow it in my household but it looks like they're very familiar with each other and they've, they've known each other for years and I don't think that they're at all concerned about anything happening so I mean they, they have a very interesting dynamic that's really funny <laughs> it's time for a break Okay, apparently there's more, and, uh, let's see. There- Rachel uploaded the clip with the caption, The Nanny Dad Content No One Asked For. And in the video, Andrew 
can be seen lifting Lizzie by the waist, and the pair wrap their arms around each other. Um, at one point, Rachel, 34, can be heard saying, You touched her boobs? What? <laughs> While Andrew laughs in reply, I know, I know. Okay. Um, Rachel defended the behavior um, and said Lizzie is like family, adding they met her when she worked in the daycare where their oldest son went. Lizzie the nanny, who was beyond suspicion to Rachel, she added she was always the nicest and sweetest. She would send pictures all day and we would talk all day. She wasn't like the other people that worked there and I wasn't like the other mums. <laughs> we were like friends. Due to the pandemic, Andrew and Rachel hired Lizzie to help. I hate this. I hate this um, website. I hate this website because it just keeps on moving around. Like, stop it. Due to the pandemic, um, Andrew and Rachel hired Lizzie to help around the house and she would be there um, when the husband worked from home. Yeah. I still think it's kind of weird to, to have the nanny and the father of the house have that sort of relationship, but I don't know. I have no idea. Woman fights aunt at granddad's funeral, but the internet says she's in the right. A woman who had a big row with her, a row? Is that how you say it? Is, I don't know. I don't know British lingo. This is all from the mirror, because it has like an odd news section, so all of this is from the UK. Um, had a row with her aunt at her granddad's funeral, um, is wondering whether she's in the right, whether she's the a-hole on the popular reddit thread which stands for am i the a-hole okay why is there a reddit page just dedicated to ask people asking am i the a-hole in, in, in this situation um the picture in the scene your granddad passed away shortly after your 21st birthday your dad left you uh were seven when you were seven and your mom passed away when you were 11. Your granddad takes you in, despite his age, even though his mourning wife and his, or even though his mourning wife, pretty sad, right? Okay. Um, Reddit user Train to Yuma talks about how her granddad's physical condition deteriorated uh, in his last few years, and although um, she expressed worry, she assured her he'd be, or he'd see her through uh, till 21. She describes him as the light of her life. Uh, the user said, when he died I didn't shed a tear. It's hard for me to explain why, but he was still giving sass on his deathbed. Um, he pinched my arm and told me not to cry because he wasn't crying. After I left I received a text from my aunt later that, um, that evening that she was disappointed at me for not being visibly mournful and apparently telling or him telling me not to was very a very poor response. I ignored 
this since we were all grieving. See, that's the thing. Everybody grieves in different ways. Some people don't cry. Some people do. Some people get angry. Some people don't. It's just the way we react to death. It's, it, it's always different. And for the aunt to expect her niece to cry, <laughs> it, it's uh, rude. Very rude. Um, but that isn't all of it. There was more drama. After the woman returned home, she found that the shelves were empty and bits of furniture were missing and photos had been taken from the walls. She confronted her aunt, who returned most of what was taken after a big argument. Uh, maybe she didn't like... Maybe she didn't think I'd notice, but not only had she taken both of my granddad's and his dad's uh, service medals, uh, she had sold them as well. What the heck? This aunt is evil. Uh, luckily, I found the selling post on Facebook quickly enough for the man who bought them was happy to return them to me. That's, that's nice. I'm glad that he was happy to give them back. Um, despite her anger, she didn't confront her aunt about this. She um, described herself as an extremely mellow person, but the drama continued into the gathering afterwards. Uh, she told others how selfish I was for not letting her take any of his belongings and how she thought I pushed him into signing his house over to me. Then it all erupted. It all kicked off after her aunt sold her granddad's service medals on Facebook. Alright. Um, it was soon... Uh, I was soon invited to sit among the table of some of his old friends um, at which my aunt was uh, was sat at too. Okay. Um, I tried not to pay her any mind, but the conversation soon devolved and she slipped up and told me, or told the table, that I hadn't even let her take a single medal. I lost myself at this, and I erupted so, or into a slurry of profanities. My aunt immediately starts crying, and uh, I seize the moment to call her out on her selling the medals in the first place. I'm not sorry for the things I said to my aunt but I am deeply ashamed of my behavior given the setting. Some people have approached me offering support to which I have not replied, but I have this immense feeling of guilt in my stomach that I cannot shake. Um, the woman now wonders, was she the a-hole? No! You were acting on your emotion. You were acting on, like, this woman, your aunt, was being the a-hole like she basically didn't care how much those medals meant to her to your granddad so she sold them <clears throat> me i i'm i'm just i believe in expressing yourself but yeah it, it it wasn't right to do it at the funeral of course but you gotta understand that your aunt started it <laughs> but I know for sure that I overreacted. Um, should I apologize to each um, attendee individually? I'm in a terrible 
way at the moment and my mind is all over the place. I feel like I need someone from the outside to tell me what to do. And the results are in. No! I hate this thing. I hate this. The mirror needs to update their dang um, website. I don't like it. Um, the results are in. Here are the abbreviations. Um, you are the a-hole and other party is not. Okay, what? I don't know how this works, but it would seem the internet has ruled her as not the a-hole. Hooray. Well, of course not. But um, one user commented strongly, your NTA. Uh, she clearly did not suspect, respect you or your grandfather's wishes, though I suggest apologizing to the attendees. This was personal family drama that should have been said elsewhere. Another said, NTA, or not the a-hole. Uh, I think you had just reached the end of your rope and snapped. I don't blame you. Grief and stress can do a number on anybody and... Her prior behavior was unbelievable and beyond. I really can't even wrap my head around it, to be honest. I personally think she likely started crying because she was embarrassed at being found out and publicly called out for it. Yeah. In response to the massive internet support user trained to Yuma said, Thank you so much, everyone. This has been a huge help for me. I've spent some time writing a few thank you cards out to the guests. I will post them in the mornings uh, once everything is closed off. I, off regarding the, his will, I intend to never speak to my aunt again. All is well and ends well, uh, then, sort of. Thank you, people of the internet. Yeah... No, I don't think you were the a-hole. I do think that it could have been said somewhere else, but then again, your aunt wanted to stir up some drama because she started saying stuff. Alright, next is world news. There's only going to be two segments for this because I've run out of time, but um, Puerto Rico and Israel will be covered today. Okay, one thing that I want to talk about is Israel. So let me see if I have the video that I can play for you guys. Here it is, okay. I hope you've been well. It's been very, very, very intense over here in Israel. I don't know how much you're seeing. But they, uh, it's terrible. It's, it's a very, 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 very frightening situation. So I joined a brand new, we made our, we had a human rights movement. And we made it into a political party that's running in our, in our Knesset in uh, less than a month. And they're censoring us and attacking us and they won't allow any any media nothing they they took away the head of the party's his medical license 
and they uh, removed our platforms from Facebook, and now they won't let the media even write about us. So we want to ask all the international, anywhere we can get, to get to publicize what we are saying. Um, it's a very bad situation here. They're not letting children as young as 16 to take their matriculation exams without taking this injection. They are, of course, insisting people for work. They're making this green passport where half the population cannot get into uh, theaters or malls or all sorts of things unless they've taken the vaccination. They're creating a medical apartheid. Um, they have now issued, just this morning, they made it that they're allowed to send each person's private medical records to the local municipality so that they'll know who's taken the injection or not. They're making people wear a, a ankle bracelet, security bracelet, when they come back from traveling. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. If I don't, if I stop to... <laughs> if I stop to think about it, I will cry, you know? But meantime, we just keep fighting, you know? Fighting as much as we can. So we need everybody's help because whatever happens here will happen everywhere will happen everywhere so we're fighting for ourselves and we're fighting for the whole world but we need help we need every bit every everything every hand on deck yeah thank you excuse me <laughs> it's intense you know so that is something that i found on um from the media and um it's very hard to find good news segments on Israel, so I'm kind of glad that I came across that video. So there is massive censorship going on in Israel. There's a lot of, um, I want to say, segregation when it comes to the vaccination and everything. So they're basically trying to get as much information on the people who are unvaccinated, and there's people um, out in the streets protesting against this. And, um, you know... I love Israel and I hope to God they'll, they'll be able to kind of overcome this because they've gone through so much. The people of Israel have just gone through so much. And, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, um, is going on in Israel that I wish I could cover. Maybe I can find a, um, article that isn't deceiving because when it comes to, news about Israel, I feel like there's a lot of fake news out there to, like, um, misdirect people from what's going on, really, in that country. I did find an article. It does pertain to the children of Israel and the vaccine, but I'm sure there's a whole lot more out there and a whole lot more information. So anybody who's listening in Israel, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. You can email me. Everything is confidential. I will not mention your name just for your safety. But the health chief 
uh, says kids to get COVID vaccines in schools were in an emergency. Amid a fight with education minister on issue, Horowitz says, um, in con- in inoculations, that's what they, uh, will be carried, will be carried out, uh, wherever needed, including in educational institutions at start of the academic year. With Minister Nitsin, Nitsan Horowitz, uh, said Friday that children will be vaccinated against COVID-19 in schools at the start of the academic year, despite the dispute with the education minister on the issue. Last time I checked, kids couldn't get um, COVID-19. Why are they getting the vaccines? Um, at the start of the school year, we will be vaccinating in schools. We will be vaccinating everywhere because we are in an emergency and we will make every effort we can to get everyone and vaccinate everyone who needs it. Um, Horowitz said as he restored the third dose of the coronavirus uh, vaccine. Hours after Israel uh, widened its in inoculation campaign um, to over to the over 50s so it looks like they kind of raised the goal up to like maybe 50% of people in Israel should be vaccinated but any head of authority or institution who wants one will receive a mobile vaccination unit the minister said mm-hmm. I don't like this. On Thursday, Horowitz told Channel 12 News that schools are efficient locations for reaching unvaccinated children and with the permission of their parents uh, inoculating them. Um, Okay. Still not okay to me. Um, The statements came amid a tussle between health officials and education minister Yafat Sasha Biton, um, who opposes giving shots during the school day and has courted controversy by previously calling the idea of vaccinating students in schools a crime. Yeah, I agree. Because, for one, you, if the child needs... I don't, you know, I don't even want to make an argument about this. I really don't because I'm against the vaccination. But it all depends on the parents whether they'll they'll allow it. And if the parent doesn't allow it, what's going to happen to the child going to school? That's what I want to know. Does the child just not go to school because they're not vaccinated? That's what I want to know. You guys are all talking about like this website is all talking about um, children need to be vaccinated and it's, it should be mandatory for children to be vaccinated and we need the, the permission of the parents to vaccinate the children in schools and blah, 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 blah. The thing is, is that I don't believe in the educational system anywhere because nowadays you're teaching gay pride and critical race theory and Satanism in your schools everywhere, not just in Israel. I'm pretty sure Israel has its own thing going on. So no, I don't trust the educational system when they allow people to jab your kids' arms and 
what if they lie in order to push this propaganda? What if they lie and say, oh, I got your your parents' um, permission to jab you, and they jab without the parents' permission at all? Like, that's my concern. But on Thursday, uh, hang on, I already said that. Um, the statements came amid the tussle. Okay, I already said that too. Excuse me. Um, in an apparent challenge to Sasha Baton, um, over who was, who had the final word on vaccinating children in schools, Horowitz said Thursday that the authority over health, including inside schools, um, is that of the health ministry. That is the law. Horowitz added the decision regarding vaccinations and everything to do uh, with health is the decision of the health minister and that is my authority according to the law. Um, after Israel appeared to have put the coronavirus pandemic behind it in June, the past two months have been or have seen a rapidly in accelerating spread in morbidity fueled by the high contagious the highly contagious delta variant i don't believe that this delta variant is real i think it's just something that they push in order to get more people vaccinated scared enough to be vaccinated and that's a lovely picture i hate that picture that there's a picture on here they're sticking that stick up that child's nose and the child's crying yeah awful I would if I saw that happening if I got called into the school and I saw that happen to my kid there would be a fight there would according to the latest figures on Friday morning 462 people are in serious condition from COVID-19 health um, our health ministry data showed that among unvaccinated Israelis a ages um, 60 plus, there are 120.9 people per 10,000 or 100,000 in serious condition. Among the vaccinated, the figure is 19.1 and the partiality vaccinated figure was 45.3. Um, the government has made vaccination its main weapon in um, beating back the resurgent virus uh, with shots now available to all those over the age of 12. Jesus Christ. Channel 12 reported that during uh, a cabinet meeting on Wednesday night, uh, the government approved a tightening of restrictions on gatherings um, as a way to curb the virus spread. Ministers rallied together in favor of vaccinations in schools while assailing uh, Sasha Piton for or her objections to the scheme. Um, during the cabinet meeting, um, Transportation Minister Mirav Michali, Michali um, noted that other vaccinations such as tetanus and papillomavirus are also delivered in schools jesus okay um i don't understand the the pedal pedal what is that word 
pedagogic claims. I don't know if I said that right. Horowitz said, according to the report, which did not cite the sources. Sasha Bitton responded that she has no objection to vaccinating children at schools, but not during study hours. Okay, I had faith in you, Bitton. Screw you. Um, so, what's the point in that, Harowitz said, when they are there during studies? What is the point of vaccinating afterward? Um, since the technology minister, Orit Farkash Haukachin, I don't know these names, I'm very sorry, uh, then suggested administering vaccinations at the end of the day when parents come to collect their children. But Sasha Vuitton objected that this could lead to tensions due to the differences in public opinion on COVID-19 and the vaccinations. A school should be protected, should be a protected space, sensitive and educational, and I don't want to bring the whole discourse around the coronavirus into the school, Sasha Baton said. Let the children have a bit of quiet. Yeah, let them be kids. Um, last month, Sasha Baton was rebuked by Prime Minister uh, Nafat Naftali Bennett for feuding with health officials and as chairwoman of Knesset's coronavirus committee um, during the last government uh, she struck down several virus restrictions passed by the cabinet um, the ministry the ministry's determination to keep COVID-19 vaccines out of schools was reportedly extended to a government plan that aims to conduct uh, serological tests on 1.5 million pupils to determine how many have virus antibodies, allowing those students to obtain quarantine um, exemptions and remain in the classroom even after exposure to a known carrier. So you're using our children as lab rats. You're using the children of Israel as lab rats. Is that what I'm getting? That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm furious. No child, no person, no soul should be tested like this. Okay, I'm going to have to carry out this podcast some other time. I have to go to work. Renegades, I am back, and I'm going to finish the Israeli article first, and then we'll go on to Puerto Rico. So, the ministry is taking steps to make it more difficult in schools in the orthodox, or the ultra-orthodox city of Benai Brak um, to carry the serological testing, Channel 12 reported on Wednesday. Okay. There were five for 50,000 tests prepared for students and written permission from parents received by the city. Um, the ultra-Orthodox school system already opened at the beginning of this week. 
However, the ministry reportedly told the municipality that serological testing will not be permitted to take place during school hours and can only be carried out in the presence of a parent, greatly reducing the chances that they would be done. Uh, with the opening of the academic year just over two weeks away, the government has approved a plan on how to operate schools during the pandemic um, that will rely on extensive virus testing of pupils. Um, in order to rapidly spot those who are infected and quarantine them, and prevent them from passing the virus on to others. However, September will also see the high holidays uh, when schools are closed, with just nine scheduled study days scattered throughout the month. Um, home, or no, I'm sorry. Some have suggested delaying the school year until October, which would also give more time to clamp down on the wave of infections. Um, like I said, I keep saying this all the time, and I'll say it until the COVID-19 pandemic is over. I am anti-vax. I do not like the vaccination. I don't like the fact that they have decided to try and vaccinate our children. Um, because when this first came out, it was said that, oh, children can't get it. Okay, I'm sorry. For one, there's two things that a virus is not designed to do. Okay? It does not pick and choose people. A virus attacks everybody. Okay, and if this virus, coronavirus, if this virus is as violent as it is said it is on TV, it would be attacking children. But we don't see a lot of the disease attacking children. Which tells me that it was man-made, and the next um, down the rabbit hole um, segment that I have prepared will kind of maybe shed some light on why I believe it's man-made. But there's rumors that it was man-made, Fauci is a crook, and all of this other stuff. I mean, I could go on forever about this, but... Um, and another thing is that a virus is not designed to mutate. It is not supposed to mutate. So if it actually is a thing, that this Delta variant is out, it means that it was man-made in order for it to mutate. Viruses don't work like that. But, like I said, I always say it, make up your own mind about it. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But to my renegades and the people of Israel, I love you very much. I support you. Rogue Radio supports you. All the renegades support you, as far as I know. And um, we love you very much, and we will stand with you. I hope everybody in Puerto Rico is doing safe, and all of the islands and um, countries and 
states around that area because Tropical Storm Grace is bringing heavy rainfall, flash flooding, and um, to Puerto Rico today. Um, today's the 15th, and that's the. Um, this comes from Wesh.com. I I'm still trying to figure out what's the best news outlets besides OAN News because OAN News is kind of limited to world news. Um, but uh, Tropical Storm Grace is expected to bring heavy rainfall and flooding to Leeward Islands, Virgin Islands, Haiti, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico on Sunday. As of 11 a.m., uh, the storm was 85 miles south of San Juan, Puerto Rico, and 275 or 270 miles east south east of Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. There are there were maximum sustained winds of 40 miles per hour. Grace was moving west-northwest at 16 miles per hour. Forecasters said Grace was still not well organized, but is well, or is expected to slow down Sunday. So today, it should be expected to kind of simmer down for you guys. Um, according to the National Hurricane Center, Grace was in an environment favorable for uh, intensification, and the NHC intensity forecast calls for modest strengthening before it reaches the Dominican Republic Monday morning. Um, tropical storm warnings for the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, including uh, Vizquez and Culbera, I'm sorry if I mispronounced those, Dominican Republic from the southern Haitian border and Samana. Um, tropical storm watches uh, north coast of the Dominican Republic for the Haitian border to Samana. I think they said that already. Yeah, they did. I don't know why. They uh, repeated it. And the entire coast of Haiti. Uh, forecasters said that last week that conditions for an above-average season are even more favorable uh, than what it had been previously predicted. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration forecasts monitoring um, oceanic and atmospheric patterns say conditions are now more favorable for above-normal hurricane activity because El Nino has ended. The NOAA's Climate uh, Protection Center previously put the, change, the chances for an above-normal season at 30%. This is now up to 45% in the latest outlook. The likelihood of near normal activity is now 35% and the chance of a below normal activity is about dropped to 20% forecaster said. The number of predicted storms is also greater to the with NO, NOAA <laughs> um, now expecting uh, 10 to 17 named storms 5 to 9 of those are forecast to become hurricanes. The Associated Press contributed to report. Um, I really hope you guys stay safe and thank you all for listening. I appreciate Puerto Rico listening, but the one thing that I do suggest you guys do is just stay safe. Forget about listening to me. Keep 
keep your family safe, keep yourself safe in this time. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you, and I will see you in the trenches next time.